This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and you're joining us for a special podcast episode as we are interviewing the 2023 ACCE Chamber of the Year finalists. Our title sponsor is Community Matters, Inc. With nearly 20 years in the chamber industry and over 100 media awards presented to their chamber partners, Community Matters provides the R&R that every chamber needs, revenue and recognition. When it comes to publishing a chamber map, directory, or community guide, Community Matters has a trusted experience to help your chamber accomplish your goals. With different advertising sales models and publication styles, Community Matters will help you create a non-dues revenue machine. Let's hear from Becky Womble, President and CEO of the Bastrop Chamber, to hear about her experience using Community Matters. I've been using Community Matters for probably six or seven years now. And um, in a previous life, I sold commercial printing. So I can highly recommend Community Matters because it's a complete turnkey job for any busy chamber exec. Um, Basically, you give them a membership list. And from there, they contact your members and it's no high pressure sales or anything. And it really is a complete turnkey job from start to finish. And it's a wonderful, beautiful printed product whenever you're finished. And I just, I'm very sold on community matters. And with a printing background, I just, big endorsement for me. To learn how Community Matters can support your chamber with your next publication, please visit communitymattersinc.com slash podcast to request your free media kit and request a proposal to find out what kind of non-dues revenue you can generate. Our guest for this episode is Hope Kennedy. Hope is the president and CEO of the North Tampa Bay Chamber of Commerce, and she assumed this role in July of 2012 and is a Florida certified chamber professional. Since this time, she's led the organization through two chamber acquisitions, a name change, a brand change, and a stringent certification process. You may remember hearing Hope on the podcast last year, it was episode 178, as the North Tampa Bay Chamber was a 2022 Chamber of the Year finalist for ACCD as well. In 2019, the North Tampa Bay Chamber was recognized as Chamber of the Year by the Florida Association of Chamber Professionals. Hope's work to support businesses of all sizes spans her entire career. Before joining the Wesley Chapel Chamber in 2012, she served Pensacola Chamber members as the organization's vice president of membership. In 2017, the Tampa Bay Business Journal named Hope as one of Tampa Bay's most 100 influential business people. In 2005, the Mississippi Business Journal recognized Hope as a top 40 under 40 for the state of Mississippi. In 2008, ACCE awarded her for outstanding membership, and in 2010, the Independent News in Pensacola named Hope a rising star. But Hope, we're excited to have you back on Chamber Chat Podcast as a Chamber of the Year finalist again, back-to-back years. Welcome back. We'd love to give you an opportunity to say hello to all the Chamber Champions. Oh my goodness. And, well, uh, thank you so much. Share something interesting about yourself too, and we can all get to know you Oh my gosh, well, interesting. <laughs> Yeah, interesting is I got to totally update that bio. It's, it's out of chronological order and it's not important anymore. Um, our most important is what we're doing right here, right now. Um, so 
I am so thankful for you for having me back again this year. We are delighted to be a finalist again, back-to-back years for ACCE Chamber of the Year. It is definitely a labor of love. Um, we can, I can tell you all the stuff about it, but um, we're here to just talk about Chamber and, and how we got here. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. Um, so I, I didn't catch any something interesting about yourself. We're we're throwing you uh, on something the spot. interesting. Yeah, about myself. Um, oh gosh, that is on the spot. I I love to um, cook and make things out of nothing. I guess that's a <laughs> chamber thing that we, we that's do. Right. <laughs> um, you know, we make something out of nothing all the time. So that is that is what I love to do. Love to create. That's awesome. I love to create. <laughs> yes. Um, well, as a, a Chamber of the Year finalist, I think everybody would be curious to know a little bit more about the North Tampa Bay Chamber, just to give some size, um, scope sure. of work, perspective, you know, budget, just to kind of set that table for yep. our discussion and know where you're yeah, coming so from. Yeah, so we are, yeah, we're in category one. So it's under $500,000 annual budget. Uh, our chamber is um, a two-county regional chamber. Our our demographics are very interesting for a chamber of, of commerce in our community. We are, for all intents and purposes, a bedroom community of uh, the greater Tampa Bay region. So we are just north of the bay. Um, our main industries in our community are medical and medical professionals. Um, so our demographics are very, um, very different. Our average age in our community is 37 and a half with 97,000 annual household income, dual educated, dual working families. Um, so we, we have a very unique chamber demographics. Our, our, we have a lot of small businesses with about 75% being small classified our small as under 10 employees. Um, and then we've got our, our key industries again of the medical professionals. So um, we have a lot of uh, service industry. We have a lot of restaurants. We have a lot of shopping. Um, the ancillary benefits of being a, a growing, very growing uh, community. Yeah, no, there's, a lot of excitement and being part of a growing community. And I know there's communities out there that may be a little jealous that, that you guys are yes. growing and in other parts it may be shrinking. So, um, yes. and a lot of that has to do with the work that you guys are doing. So I'm, I'm excited to get into what some of that work is and really highlight yeah. what you guys are doing there at the North Tampa Bay Chamber. And typically what we like to do on these Chamber of the Year finalist interviews, um, I like to highlight the two programs that you submit on your Chamber of the Year application. So for those who may not be familiar as you submit the application to be Chamber of the Year, um, to be considered for, for Chamber of the Year, you submit two programs of work that you guys have focused on, uh, I believe within the last two years, if that's correct. Um, so it needs to be something relevant and making an impact in your community. So we will dive into what those two programs are and the impact that the North Tampa Bay Chamber is making in their community as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round affordable and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app 
with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar. Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. Are you a community leader or chamber of commerce looking to grow your non-dues revenue around your core community? Are you in an area not already served by a chamber of commerce? Look no further than Chamber Nation's new platform, Pippoli. Pippoli is a perfect solution for adding commerce to areas where a chamber may not exist or to expand the reach of a regional chamber. With Pippoli, you can easily connect with local businesses and promote your services to a wider audience. Don't miss out on this opportunity to expand your reach and increase your revenue. Visit richardscalendar.com to learn more about Chamber Nation and Pippoli today. Hi, I'm Raquel. I work with Yifty to help over 500 chambers, cities, and downtowns across the U.S. keep local dollars local and support their small businesses. Our CEO, Donna Nowitzki, and I will be at the ACCE conference in Salt Lake City from July 31st to August 3rd, and we would love to meet you. Swing by our booth to say hi and learn about our community gift card program. Community cards are custom branded for your community and can only be used at your chamber members' businesses. Plus, the program is free. You can learn more by visiting yifte.com, that's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com, or emailing us at sales at yifte.com. See you at the ACCE conference. All right, Hope, we're back. So as I mentioned before the break, we're we're going to be highlighting the two programs of work that you guys submitted in your Chamber of the Year application. Uh, maybe just at a high level, tell us what the two programs are, you know, kind of what they focus on, and then we can go in a little deeper on both of them. So I, it, it, when it came time when we were invited to submit, so you have to fill out the benchmarking or survey to even be invited to submit. I struggled a little bit with what our program's synopsis we were going to present um, because we did not go into this year with the mindset of presenting this as Chamber of the Year. Both of these programs came out of an immediate need, so a quick action response. Um, so we, we kind of had to do some inventory when, when we started looking at what we were going to do. But what we submitted was uh, the employee retention tax credit. Um, we did a campaign around that to inform and educate our members of their potential um, eligibility to receive those tax credit dollars back. Our second program was advocacy for affordable housing. And um, that came out of a Obviously, those are both topics of, of interest, but that particular one came out of a conversation with 
with our local sheriff's office about the um, he, he was understaffed and he couldn't afford or he couldn't bring on new staff people because they couldn't afford to live in the community in which they served. So that started the conversation. So both of those items were topics that just kind of percolated because the employee retention tax credit language changed back in October, which gave more people eligibility. Um, and so, it, it, again, it was something that just came up and we we picked it up and ran with it. Very good. So um, let, let's maybe focus on that first, the employee okay. retention tax credits. So okay. I'm, I'm curious, I, I have heard of a few chambers that have kind of dabbled in this or maybe partnered with a, another business in the community to mm-hmm. um, to share, you know, what those benefits are as, as people try to you know, claim those, uh, yep. those tax credits. So yep. how did you take that approach to educating your members and, and getting that information out there? Well, first you have to be educated yourself. So I had to educate myself. Um, I found a, um, an attorney who is a tax attorney. Um, so obviously she was in the state of Mississippi and we, we had some mutual friends and got really educated on the the topic. Um, as the chamber, we are the leading voice of business and we became a trusted voice during the pandemic. And so our members knew that they could trust what information we provided to them. But it was imperative for myself to learn about the, the program, what is available, how you qualify, who qualifies, what are what are the stipulations, and then how to avoid being scammed because obviously when there's money floating around, they're scammers, no matter what. Um, so it, the Employee Retention Tax Credit, ERC, is part of the CARES Act. And the legislation that was written for that uh, was, was pretty vague in the beginning. And they uh, buttoned it up a little bit in October, which gave a lot of businesses the opportunity to apply for that. So the campaign around that is we did a very similar uh, video. It was called Chamber in the Know, and we brought the tax attorney on to talk us through the the process, what ERC is, where it came from, a few of the FAQs. Um, After we published that, we put together a whole webpage on our website that has FAQs from leading tax attorneys. Obviously, at the very top of it, it's our legal statement that says this is not intended to be um, actual advice. Please do your your own research to find out. But we were able to put links to the IRS. We were able to link to, um, we put out an email to our members in the financial sector asking if they were filing these employee retention tax credits so that we could have a direct on our website of our members that were that were doing um, the filing for them. So it was really an educational component and a resource component that we that we wanted. Um, in addition to that, we did a survey of our membership to find out had people did people know about it? If so, did they get any funds? We were able to trace back in our community, $3.5 million in returned funds from our efforts as the chamber. And we have members that were able to speak to that, that said, if not for the chamber, we would not have received this 
$98,000, that's going to save us, save our business for this year, allow us to give those employees an increase. Okay. So it was an education and, and it, it had dividends coming back. Yeah, no, that is, that is huge. Um, so I really like how you guys reached out to some of those financial professionals, you know, members in your, in your organization to be able to see, are you guys helping people navigate through, you know, redeeming yes. these tax credits? Um, Cause I know there is, there has been a lot of scams out there, right? Like you said, if money's flowing, People are out there trying to be opportunistic in not good ways. Um, so being able to have a trusted uh, partner of sorts to be able to refer yes. people to is huge. I'm curious, just for other chambers listening, as you reached out to those accounting professionals, what kind of response did you get? Were several of them already involved in helping with that? Did, they they were. Um, the, there, there's a few companies that, that now are focusing on it because it is the topic du jour. Um, it does have a shelf life. So I would tell everybody, if you're going to promote this in your community, get to it right now. Um, you feel free to use our website and use our information. It's there for anybody to R&D, rip off and duplicate, yeah. um, because it is something for the business community. Um, our, our tax professionals, some were only doing it for their current clients. Some were because they already had their books. It's a little right. bit of a process. You're filing an amendment on your employment taxes from 20, certain it's Q3 and four of 2020 and then 2021. So it's, it's a little bit of a process. Um, one of our members focused specifically on that. And so they were, they've been able to make some proprietary uh systems back office systems where it's pretty uh streamlined so in addition to that information we gave those members a platform to talk face to face with our members to educate them and inform them so essentially we somewhat endorsed the these folks to to um to get their money back yeah from from the government it's a it's not a fast process by no means, but it's a government it is, process. <laughs> it's, it's a government process. It is, but it, it, it's there, and you know, we we became a trusted source with that information. Yeah, but I like that you you do the due diligence, you get all the information, you find those trusted resources, you make those connections. You're doing the things that a chamber does, right? To, to be a right. trusted source, make those connections, be the convener. So I think that's awesome. The three and a half million dollars coming back to the community is a huge benefit as well. I would say windfall, but I know that's spread you know throughout the community, but it's still it's keeping it, that dollars yeah. in the community. It, it is back. So any idea, and you may may not know numbers, but I'm curious of how many businesses um, participated in you know applying for the the retention credit employee retention. Credit? I so it, it was hard for us to kind of quantify that. So we just took the, the list that we know about and took out just geographically. So I would say we probably had about 35 okay. members that we know about that, that did the, the application and that are receiving funds back. There were some that still didn't qualify, um, some that were told that they didn't qualify in the beginning, but they did after. And so um, that's, you know, something 
we're very proud of. So even if it was just $100 or whatever the case may be, we didn't have any financial output whatsoever. It was just my staff time and it's our website. So there was nothing for us to lose and everything to gain. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome. Um, and I've heard that a lot as people go to apply, they either, they may not think that they qualify and then they end up getting a good chunk of change back or, or the other way too, where they go to apply and find out they don't, they don't qualify, but either way, until you talk to that tax professional who can help you navigate through it, you don't really know for sure. That's right. You don't know. And there's a few, you know, a few stipulations that you can do like a self-assessment real quick. And as long as you have W-2 employees and they were on the payroll during that time, even if you got PPP funds, you still qualify. So, um, you know, we, it's just an educational process in getting people informed. And I think that that's what the chambers can do. You don't have to have a lot of money. You don't have to have a big budget to make an impact. Yeah. Listen, we're a staff, we're a staff of two. So we, you know, to say we we have three and a half million dollars coming back to our community from maybe a couple hours worth of work, it's a really big return on investment. Absolutely. Um, so let's shift gears a little bit into the other program that you guys submitted on your application yes. about advocating for affordable housing. So you kind yes. of talked a little bit about the origins of that. Is your yeah. police department's looking to hire? They can't, they don't have the affordable housing to be able to Correct. bring people on. So Correct. How do you, so, what, what was your approach to attacking such a big problem? Well, you know, it, it it's my approach to, for everything is I need to educate myself. Um, I'm, I'm definitely want to be able to speak intelligently on the topic or the subject. Um, what What's happening in our community is we are rapidly growing. We have so much coming, so much under construction. Our permitting department is six months behind because they can't keep up with it. Um, There's a lot of um, rezoning that has to take place to be able to accommodate the rapid growth. The um, sheriff's office liaison came to us and, and said, we've got a problem and we don't know how to fix this. And if we don't start thinking about it now, we're, we're going to, it's going to be a housing crisis Right now, it's just an issue, but it's going to be a crisis. Uh, At the same time, simultaneously, our county commission was putting a moratorium on multifamily housing units, which was extraordinarily counterproductive. Um, So again, this was not something that was on our radar as far as needing to take quick action. But um, we did. We took quick action. We went to the county commission. We informed them of the unintended consequences of a moratorium and what a moratorium actually says to developers in the outside world about your community is you don't have it together. And you put a moratorium on something and the big box stores, they're going to pump the brakes, if not do a complete U-turn and head for the hills. So we were fortunate enough to have some developers at our fingertips that could come and help us speak to it. They were simultaneously having issues with the county, with their projects, um, with their development. And so it just didn't seem to be a cohesive 
understanding in our area of what comes first, the the housing and the infrastructure and those those tax dollars to create the infrastructure, we're at a 95% occupancy rate of our of all of our homes, yeah. all of our multifamily homes. So my message, and, and I will tell you, it was not a pleasant experience doing this. Um, I pretty much got got handed on a silver platter. Uh, I went to the, the commission and said that moratoriums were lazy. It was not a way to show the nation what we have going on here. A developer is not going to spend their millions of dollars coming into an oversaturated market. So let's take the politics out of this and let's let the market decide what it is we need. The Urban Land Institute stood up next to me and said, you are not an oversaturated market. In fact, you need X amount more than what you already have on the docket to be able to keep up with your growth. So again, it came back to being an education and being an advocate for the developers and, and educating the community too, because the community was very much ill-informed on multifamily housing units. Multifamily housing units are vertical. So they're not taking up all the land that these massive neighborhoods have that seem to be so appealing to everybody. And the demographics of our, our world are changing to where not everybody wants to have a great big, huge house and a pool and all of this to take care of. So, you know, we can't cut off our nose to spite our face. And, and so educating the community about multifamily, it's not a bad word. It is not. And so we we took that, we took that ball and we we ran with it. Um the the results were the moratorium was eventually lifted. Uh we are back on track building more. Um and so we'll we'll most certainly and it, it also elevated our chamber's status for in the community um with with the elected officials on we will not sit by and let us make terrible mistakes that are going to have more consequences later and create a bigger problem. Yeah. I love how you guys approached this before it became a crisis. So you took it as, as an issue before it became a big problem and a crisis. But uh, so I also, I live in a fast growing community right now too. And so I see a lot of these same things that you're identifying that in the community that they're seeing and, and maybe getting a little worried that, you know, the, the multifamily housing comes and you know, what do you do with the school district? We can't keep up. Or what do we do with our roads? Or all these different there are issues that you need to address mm -hmm. for sure. But multifamily housing is, is a, a sure way to be able to help provide some affordable housing. And there's always the people that don't want it in their backyard, right? So oh, I, we, I'd like to know, know more how you educated the community. So honestly, it's all about conversation. And it's it's the it's the it's the old adage of playing telephone or gossiping or somebody. I spoke at a Rotary Club, and I said, "I need y'all to calm down about these multifamily <laughs> housing units." And somebody heckled me from the crowd and said, "They're going to turn into Section Eight housing." And I was like, "They are not going to turn into Section Eight housing." It was like, "Do you?" Just educate yourself, be informed before you open your mouth to talk about things. I say the, the, 
the most dangerous people are the uninformed, the ones that just spout out opinions in it. We all have them. We all have them, but it, it, it honestly was just conversational and starting to get that, that turn, that shift in thinking of, hey, did you guys know that the majority of nurses that serve at the hospital live in apartments? Right. You know, so it's just that, you know, they don't, they're very busy. They don't want to keep a house. They want to have access to our shopping and our, our restaurants it's not turning into section eight housing. They, they want to promise. spend money here in your businesses. Yeah, that's right. And, but they don't want to live in a house. So yeah. the, the times are changing. Yeah, no, that's good. I think you guys have, have taken a great approach on that. And it's a, it's a topic that I know a lot of communities struggle with and being able to have those, those conversations. And you guys, you know, may have very well set another template here that other communities could look at and see. How did, how did the North Tampa Bay Chamber address this issue and how can we adapt this to our own community? Um, One thing I, I just want to reiterate, Brandon, is we don't have to have a lot of money to make a difference. Yes. Any programs that you're doing at your chamber, they do not have to be expensive. They don't have to be put on a slick sheet of paper and you check it off and all your metrics and all of that. No, the, 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 the chambers that are so effective are those that can see what their community needs and address it and, and make things happen. And you gather a few like-minded people and you can most certainly move people without having a lot of money or a lot of staff. You can be influential as a chamber. Absolutely. That is such a, an important key to hammer home. And uh, as, as we start to, to wrap things up here, and, and maybe that plays into this, but I was going to ask if you have any tip or action item for listeners who would like to take their chamber up to the next level, what might you have to offer them? My, my tip would be inform yourself of what the <laughs> process is, because um, it is, so doing it two years in a row, I'm now going to carve out the whole month of May, or actually, yes, of May to, um, to, no, actually it was April, the whole month of April, because you have to submit by May to, to work on this um, project. It is very rewarding, but look at the finalists, or I think they'll put the winner's application up on ACCE, review that. Look at the application itself. And if you want to start putting yourself in that, that position to be able to apply, understand the, the horizon report from ACCE and how that, that report now, I think, is probably seven or eight years old at least. Yeah. And how futuristic it was then. It's spot on for the times now and the changing of our, our demographics as a community or as a nation as a whole. So just really be in the know about your chamber and how you make a difference within your community. My programs and events are not going to look like anybody else's programs and events. So don't, don't compare yourself or try to emulate anybody else. Just do what's right for your community. Yeah, no, that's, that is a great tip. Um, I like asking everyone as we look to the future of chambers, how do you see the futures of, of chambers of commerce and their purpose going forward? Well, if you don't adapt and evolve, you're going to die. 
quite frankly. I, I'm seeing a lot of chambers that are losing their 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 luster and their gusto because they're not changing and adapting to their the needs of their community with technology, with ease of access to information. Um, it, it, it chambers of the future. They'll they'll be the same at the core of of promoting a thriving community, um, but it. If you you have to change, you have to change and adapt. Also, showing your businesses that they can too. Just being that leader in that space in the business community right. is vital. And chambers are needed now more than ever. It's not that we're not, you know, that we're not needed. We most certainly have a place in every single community. It's just figuring out what your your niche is going to be. But if you do not evolve and adapt and kill those sacred cows, you're you're going to be spinning your wheels and and not moving that needle. That's right. Now, I think that's a a great vision of the future. And I I think I see you applying that counsel as well as I I can see chambers who get hyper-focused on the next event, the next luncheon, or whatever that that big event is. If you're too hyper-focused, you may miss these bigger things that need attention, like helping your your businesses get this employee retention credit or to focus on the the housing issues in your community. So keep an open mind and be willing to adapt and and not be so hyper-focused on what you've always done. So... Very good. Yep. Great words. Great words. <laughs> so I uh, hope I like giving you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who may want to sure. reach out and connect with you. What would be the best the best way for them to do that? Our website has every piece of information on there. It's North Tampa Bay Chamber.com. In case it couldn't be any longer. Um <laughs> I, my, I'm right there on the below the fold and, and you can reach out to me there directly. Um, I'm very active on the uh, social media, Facebook um, chamber page there. I like to, to pay it forward and, and give out advice. I've asked questions there as well, but um, you know, we're all, we're all here together. So please feel free to call me and, and I'm happy to help. All right. We'll uh, we'll get your information in the the show notes for this episode to make it nice and easy to find. But um, awesome. again, hope I just I want to congratulate you and and your team and the uh, the work that you guys are doing and being selected as a Chamber of the Year finalist for uh, two years in a row. So best of luck to you guys and look forward to to seeing what happens. Thank you so much. I look forward to seeing you in Salt Lake City. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry. Have you ever thought about creating a podcast for your chamber? We always hear about how chambers need to be storytellers. What better way is there to tell the stories of your members and the work of your chamber than through a podcast? Your audience is waiting to hear from you as a convener of leaders and influencers, champion for business, and catalyst for change within your community. 
I just launched a Chamber podcast course with the goal to get your very own podcast started within 30 days. Visit chamberchatpodcast.com slash pivot to learn more and to enroll in the Chamber podcast course today.